Welcome to the first episode of the Hoover City Schools Student Wellbeing Podcast, the Roots and Wings Podcast. My name is Brian Rogers, and I am a licensed professional counselor with Hoover City Schools. And I am Candace Van Wonderham, the Mental Health and Student Services Specialist with Hoover City Schools. This podcast is meant to be a resource for parents tasked with raising resilient and courageous children in a world with great uncertainty at times. It's simply a monthly conversation focusing on relevant issues facing parents and guardians today. Our time together is composed of mental health professionals and administrators from throughout the Hoover City Schools District. Thank you for joining our conversation, and we encourage you to tell your friends about us and leave feedback in the comments below. The name of our podcast is derived from a quote that has been attributed to many over the years. The earliest reference goes like this. A wise woman once said to me that there are only two lasting bequests we can hope to give our children. One of these, she said, is roots, the other wings, and they can only be grown, these roots and wings, in the home. We want our children's roots to go deep into the soil beneath them and into the past, not in arrogance, but in confidence. Jonas Salk expanded on that thought, saying good parents give their children roots and wings, roots to know where home is, and wings to fly away and exercise what's been taught to them. Joining us for today's discussion is our superintendent, Dr. Kathy Murphy. During her tenure as superintendent, Dr. Murphy has seen the value in promoting mental health and well-being as an important component of educating the whole child. Welcome, Dr. Murphy. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be joining you today. I'm glad that we have yet another means of reaching out to our parents and guardians uh, with resources that can help them navigate these very challenging times. I'd like to just share with you a few thoughts uh, about mental health and the importance of mental health as it affects our learning. Uh, First of all, the entire social, psychological, and social well-being of an individual is so critically important. How we think and how we feel and how we act is important. How we handle stress and how we relate to others and how we make those critical choices. So the work that we're doing here, the conversations that we're having today, so very important. And know that this is an important subject to our students and our families. Well, thank you for joining us, Lord. Yes, thank you, Dr. Murphy. That is a just a great conversation to kick off this inaugural podcast, a month where we're all challenged to focus on gratitude and thanksgiving. It's that time of year, and in addition to providing opportunity together with family and friends to enjoy great food and football, it's also an annual celebration of our various blessings, a specific occasion to give thanks. As meaningful as this holiday can be, and as helpful as it is to have structured encouragement to express gratitude, you know, once a year is just not quite enough. So I think a great place to start our discussion is what is gratitude? Simply, gratitude is about feeling and expressing appreciation for all we've received, all that we have, however much or however little it might be, and for the many blessings that we have to come in the future. Zig Ziglar once said, gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for in the future. As parents and guardians, one of the most important values that we can instill in our children is having an attitude of gratitude. The benefits of cultivating that attitude of gratitude are quite lengthy. And now we're going to talk about some of those ways that we can contribute to having happier and healthier children. You know, Brian, that is so true. So let's start by looking at why is cultivating this attitude of gratitude so important? Some of the many benefits of gratitude include um, it enhances empathy, 
you know, let's keep in mind that empathy is one's ability to feel what another might be experiencing. This connection allows students to relate others in a way that provides a much healthier environment. In schools, we see this in higher levels of pro-social behavior, kindness, helping one another, and treating others as we would like to be treated. It is probably the number one attitude antidote for bullying behaviors. We also know that gratitude improves sleep. During the spring semester, when schools pivoted to learn from home due to COVID-19, we found that one of the things that was most disrupted, particularly for middle school and high school students, was sleep schedules. This had a very negative impact on their mental well-being and their school performance. In 2011, a study in applied psychology, health and well-being, showed that there was a correlation to better and longer sleep with those who utilize a gratitude journal. Writing down three things they were grateful for each day just before bedtime. This is one of my favorite things. Sleep is such an important factor in the mental health of children and adolescents. They need structure, routine, and rest, even when they, even when they may not feel that they need. That's true. They, they often don't realize that need is there, but it's so helpful. Uh, gratitude also goes into that physical health, which, which sleep is a big part of. Studies suggest that gratitude helps to lower blood pressure, strengthen our immune systems, reduce symptoms of illness, and make us less bothered by aches and pains. It also strengthens our relationships. It makes us feel closer and more connected to family and friends. When we feel and express gratitude for each other, we become more satisfied with these relationships. You know, we all know how important positive self-esteem is for our kids. Gratitude helps self-esteem. It also reduces social comparison among students and allows them to appreciate and celebrate those accomplishments of others. These all come together to increase overall self-esteem. We also know that gratitude can help those who have experienced trauma. You know, following the September 11th attacks, researchers found that those with the highest resilience were those with strong levels of gratitude. Children and adolescents experience trauma more often than previously acknowledged, recognizing that even during very stressful and challenging times, we can have an impact and be thankful it helps minimize the effects of that trauma and also fosters resilience. You know, also gratitude increases feelings of well-being. Gratitude's the enemy of so many negative emotions, emotions like resentment and anger or jealousy and persistent sadness. Cultivating gratitude reduces these toxic emotions and can be linked to reduced rates of depression. We all want to be happy. David uh, Steindl Rask, a monk and interfaith scholar, says in his TED Talk that happiness is born from gratitude. Wow, there certainly are a lot of reasons to cultivate an attitude of gratitude within our children and ourselves, for that matter. There's no better way to teach children than by our own example. Much of learning is modeled behavior, after all, and we don't need to forget that. I know that I like to be around those who live grateful lives because they are all of those things that we just shared. That's so true. When we implement these gratitude interventions, they actually change the way our brains function and react. Several parts of the brain are impacted when we live with gratitude. According to psychologist Karen Young, when the brain feels gratitude, the parts of the brain that are activated include the ventral and dorsal medial prefrontal cortex, these areas are involved in the reward center of our brain. That reward can even be stress being removed. It affects morality, interpersonal bonding, and positive social interactions. 
and the ability to understand what other people are thinking and feeling. Empathy, as we've shared. Gratitude also has the capacity to increase important neurochemicals. When thinking shifts from negative to positive, there's a surging of feel-good chemicals such as dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. These all contribute to feelings of closeness, connection, and happiness that come with gratitude. So knowing all of this, what can we do as parents, guardians, teachers, and educators to cultivate an attitude of gratitude in our children? Well, actually, it begins at a very early age. Let's talk about some simple and some fun activities that families can do together at home. How about a gratitude jar? Have your children decorate a jar with the word gratitude on it. As you're decorating it, you can talk about what gratitude means and why it's important that we focus on things we're grateful for, even when we're having a bad day. When you're done, place the jar in a prominent spot and each day have everyone in the family write down one specific thing that they're grateful for. When you're having a bad day, pulling out some of the reminders can help shift your attitude that day. Another option is to read them on special days like uh, Thanksgiving. Children love these types of traditions. And hey, let's not forget the all-important thank you cards and thank you notes. Teaching children and adolescents to put their words to paper and share their attitude of gratitude is important. Encourage them to write a note to someone who's made a difference in their lives, however big or small that might be. They might not even know it, but it will mean a lot to that person. These are just two great ideas. We also have a few more. For elementary age students, games can be a fun way to talk about important topics. Try rolling a dice, and whatever number they land on is a number of things they need to say they were grateful for. No duplicates allowed. Write them down as you go and see how long a list that you can make. Again, one of my favorites is the gratitude journal. As we shared earlier, keeping a journal of the three things you are grateful for that day helps put your brain in a good space before bedtime. It helps to push away the worries and regrets that get in the way of good sleep. There are even a lot of apps for that. Check out Gratitude, Live Happy, 365 Gratitude, Grateful, Reflectly, and Happier. Those are just a few apps that you can use to create that gratitude journal virtually. Another one you can do as a family is volunteering together. This is one of my favorites and one that my family embraces. Choose one of the many nonprofit organizations in the community where you can volunteer as a family. It helps to remind your children the blessings that they do have and encourages them to be grateful for them, while at the same time teaching them about the importance of being an active member of the community that they live in by giving back. Some options might include local food banks, charity events, or even hosting a coat drive as the colder months approach. Social media is another option. Sometimes negativity is all we talk about when we hear about social media because it can be self-serving, but we can turn that around and once a week post an expression of gratitude on your social media and tag someone in it. This can be contagious and can fill social media with messages of thankfulness and hope. The last that I'd like to share about is taking a gratitude walk. As the seasons change, this is a really good one to get out and enjoy nature. This is one that I've been doing a lot since the pandemic hit. All you have to do is get outdoors and be mindful as you walk. Focus on the beautiful surroundings and feel grateful for the amazing place we live in. Not only will you feel filled with gratitude, you'll also have the added bonus of movement and physical activity. Dr. Murphy, I bet this one resonates with you. 
I've heard you share before about how escaping to your farm helps recharge your batteries. Absolutely. I, I love to go to my farm. I, I tell people that I love three things so passionately. I, I love my daughter, Connor. I love my cats and I love my cabin. I love taking those walks. And, you know, I never, ever want to forget to be grateful. And often as I take those walks around my farm, I'm reflecting on those things that I'm so exceptionally grateful for. And that's the school district and our children, our families, our parents, our teachers, our administrators, my family, my love for God in this country. So taking that nature walk and just filling my spirit with all those positive things just helps me so immensely. Like most things in life, gratitude is a skill. It's a habit. It develops with practice and become a daily part of who we are. Well, Candace, Dr. Murphy, thank you for being part of this worthwhile discussion. This month of November is one where we are focused on gratitude and it really helps us to uh, make it a more deliberate part of our lives. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to uh, have this time with you all. This is such an important forum and I'm so glad that we're doing this. And uh, thank you. My Thanksgiving uh, thoughts certainly is about our children in the school district and the gratitude I have for all of our students and families. And thank you all for joining us today for this first episode of the Roots and Wings podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it and discovered something new. Our challenge for you is that you take one of the activities to try with your child. Let us know what you thought in the comments below. And next month, our topic will be hope for the holidays, tips for facing the holiday season when grief and loss are fresh. Until then, we hope that you have a wonderful November and can find many things to be grateful for in your life.